Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Black AF1 pod. It's me as always, Reina. And well, Roy's lazy and still on vacation in Spain. So with me, I have a very special guest, one of my favorite people ever. It's Nyasha from Quick Stop F1. Hello, Nyasha. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you so much. I am very excited to have Nyasha here today. Like, I was going to have him last week, but Roy made the time. But um, So yeah, I'm very happy about it. Um, Nyasha, for the very probably maybe one person who doesn't know <laughs> you and Quick Stop, do you want to briefly tell us? Uh, yeah, so you are, yeah. Uh, my name is Nyasha. Uh, I run the Quicksop F1 platform, I guess. We do a lot of, uh, we have a podcast, I guess, first and foremost, an F1 podcast, but also we uh, make content and, and videos and stuff about F1. And uh, yeah, it's going all right. It's going quite well. And, uh, but I'm super, I'm super gassed to be on this show. I'm a fan. I'm a fan and a listener, so this is this is a this is a big moment for me. Thank you very much. I'm <laughs> blushing. And by content, Yasha means the best fan cams in existence. <laughs> I am obsessed with the Maya Angelou one. I cry every single time I watch oh, it. Oh man, it's uh, that's a special and one. the Lion King one. I think that's um, my favorite. I'm not gonna. When lie. Lewis came, but yes, I posted it on my Instagram like main feed as well. Like, yeah. I was, no, I was absolutely obsessed. Yeah. To be honest, Nyasha and his co-host Tandy were kind of Roy and I's inspiration oh. to start our podcast because we kind of thought if they could do it, yeah. we could do if it those too. those bozos can do it, then anyone could do it. <laughs> no, just, <laughs> if another beautiful Black people can do it, then we can also do it as beautiful Black people. Um, how did you get into F1, Nyasha? Because F1 is very white, mm. especially like back then. Yeah. So uh, when I was a kid growing up, I used to, um, I used to just watch a lot of sport. My dad isn't really into sport. And my mum's not into sport, but I was always like, I used to just love playing outside. Whatever sport I could play, I'd play it. And I used to just spend time in front of the TV, just watching sport. And one day when I was a kid, I put the TV on and it was motor racing. And I, was, and I, just, I just remember just being absolutely hooked on it. And um, my mum saw that I used to get hooked on it. She used to buy me a little punnet of strawberries every, every race day. And I'd just sit there in front of the TV, munching strawberries, uh, watching F1. And yeah, man, that's just how I got into it. And then it's just basically gone from there. I've always kind of watched it. And then I think probably around 2018, 2017, 2018, maybe, is probably when I started to get like geeky with it and like really following like all the news and like going on uh live trackers and like all of this kind of stuff that was probably uh and getting into like, the technical side of things yeah from there and then obviously yeah starting the podcast um last last march it's crazy it's not even been that long but uh it's such a big part of my life now yeah, honestly, it's amazing, by the way, if I say so myself, what you guys have done in such a short time. Oh. Obviously, it's only been just over a year. And I've been following you guys on the Twitter and the podcast since like pretty much I guess, a year now. Yeah. I guess May-ish is when I joined F1 Twitter and I found you guys. And to say I was shocked to find like Black people creating content because I know that are Black people who like watch F1, but like to make a space for yourselves and like, 
have to, like it's pretty much a safe space for other people because sometimes it kind of feels like everybody is against us I know it's not always the case but it does feel yeah. that way a lot of the times and does. to have a space where like you go and in the comments you find your fellow people as well yeah. who like in the retweets you're like oh my god this person also and I found a lot of like the people I love from like South African stuff yeah. via like just the people you retweet on your party I was like oh my god okay <laughs> yeah look. so like yeah it, it's really cool it's it's like I I'm not even gonna lie to you I didn't even get on there for Twitter till I started the podcast and I didn't even realize like it was such a big thing and you know I spent years watching this sport on my own and I think a lot of us spent a long time watching this sport on our own and thinking god like this sport is so white you know hardly any black people watch it or listen to it but actually there's such a massive community of us that's the one thing that I really discovered and uh, black women as well. I think, you know, I, I, I follow Arsenal, I follow football, so I kind of see, like, football Twitter and how that is, but the, just the, the prominence of, of women uh, on FL Twitter, but black women, and just how, how incredible they all are um, in their own ways, whether that's making content, whether that's just, like, the posts that they do, whether it's, like, adding to the conversations and, and written pieces. Um, it's such an incredible community, and I'm just really proud to be able to contribute to that and to be able to leave our own mark on that in in, in a sense. And, yes. and if it inspires people to like yourselves, you know, to, to create your own platforms, that's great. The more of us, the better. Like what? It's definitely not about that's what I owe. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's 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 very key. Like as long as we're all opening doors for each other, yeah. I feel like and just supporting each other through it all because I just think like like you as well like I watch a shit ton of sports mm. and in no sport have I found this many black women as a community yeah. than in F1 mm. like I watch tennis football like golf even like yeah. and this to, to be honest F1 is the most annoying but also the community like the people I found there oh the mate look imagine going through Abu Dhabi without this community like I would have died I would have died yeah, Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi, to be honest, is where I did find a lot of people because before Abu Dhabi, I was very much okay to like just kind of mingle through all the spaces and just like have vibes. I wasn't taking anything seriously. Exactly. Like I, I had friends like across, but like Abu Dhabi was where I realized I was like, yo, these are my people. Like these, yeah. are, these are my people. And yeah, it was pretty much amazing. Sure. Anyways, that's enough of that. Let's get into the race. Okay. I obviously I don't think you've released your episode yet. We've not. We've actually not even recorded. So you're getting. This is like the first time okay, I'm going to be able to talk I about it. Because I didn't want to um, repeat anything you had already. Okay then. No. Firstly, no. we're going to do just the race for you in three words. Mm. Crock of shit. Just <laughs> like really, really. Tracks gotta know. go. Like tracks got gotta to go, go is my tracks, like it's like, fine. We swear on our podcast. Okay, I was like, I, was, I saw it. I was like, oh, very no. <laughs> we swear a lot. Um, mine's tracks gotta go. Like yeah. I just feel like just as overall before even getting into performances or anything. Like, like I applaud the commentators because they did a good job of making it seem like we were always on the precipice of something happening. Yeah, they did. Look, especially after the the red flag um and the track was dry and it was like however the whatever order those cars are going out in 
that is the order that they're finishing. <laughs> like, and, and they but, were so they they were they were trying their best. They were getting so excited. And I watched F two as well this weekend. Yeah. And there were bar- barely any overtakes in F two. And that's when I knew I was like, okay, this is gonna be an over race yeah. because F two usually will I find a way. Yeah. But I swear these commentators, they were like, oh my god, yeah. They were like, oh my god, this race. We're not even halfway through, and it's had everything. I was like, oh, what has it had? What what exactly has it had? And then like after, obviously, I think it was the second. Was there a second red flag? And then yeah. they were like, oh my god, you don't know any of the top four could win this now. They're so close. I'm like, in they really track. Do you? Like they're yeah. acting like we're just this is our first. I think maybe it's for first time watchers. I think it is. And and you know what, what helped them was the fact that the Ferraris and Red Bulls were on different tires. So that created this sense of jeopardy where, oh, maybe, maybe the tires are gonna go off. And it's just like acting like we didn't watch 2019 Monaco. I'm like, right. Like I, I I've seen I've seen Lewis go around. Did on, what? Yeah. 60 laps. On the medium tires. I think he's going to be okay. In in hotter conditions as well. In hotter conditions as well. Like, Ricardo had like one quarter a car in 2018 and still won the race. And we're still suffering with that picture from the swimming pool till today. Like, they're going to rinse Let's act like they were so like, they, they, at least now they have Perez with a new photo. But like, they were very much like trying so hard to like, I don't know if like, obviously someone's paying them because. There was literally no jeopardy in that race. Like, the, the good thing, I mean, look, I guess a good place to go, if we're talking about the track, we had the opportunity to go racing a lot earlier than we did. But whatever madness they were doing in the beginning. Literally, the next thing <laughs> I was about to ask you was, literally, only it says pre-race shenanigans. <laughs> because why did we not start on time? Look, bro, I understand safety, yeah? But these men are being mollycoddled. Like, start the race. If we need to stop it, then we'll stop it. But we'll stop it. just start the race. All of this, all oh, let's wait and let's see. And let's, we, we wasted an hour. And, and then we ended up having a situation where we ran out of time to finish the race because they'd stopped and started so much. And then there was Which the honestly, time. hallelujah to that, because who needed more laughs of Monica? <laughs> who needed more laughs of Monica? <laughs> Oh my god! Gonna happen. Yeah, but no. Um, I was so confused because honestly, these people could never Fuji two thousand and seven. They could never because oh, what is going on here? Like, we like I swear since Lando Norris crashed in Spa in that qualifying lab, they're afraid of right now. Like yeah, they yeah. literally any opportunity, they're like, mm, the thing, it's, it's the thing too is, wet. Like, what is the point of wet tires? Which I think is what someone tweeted. Yeah, like, what is the point? Uh, you know, um. You're right with Spa, and and I guess one thing is though, like with Spa, maybe it was too wet for them to go out in. But then you take that decision to stop. You know, they didn't take the decision to stop qualifying, and then look what happened. You learn from that. But look, it was spitting when they paused that race. Like, and there can't have been so much standing water that it was impossible to race. I don't think that while there were puddles, there wasn't like aquaplaning style levels of exactly it's not that type of track that we were never in danger of that that was never gonna be an issue like we could have started that race and it would have been so much more interesting i don't know if you saw the um tire choices that they had chosen right before and i saw something from mattia bonato saying that red bull actually didn't have their tires on like five minutes to the race like when 
the race was originally supposed to start. So mm, make of that what you want. Well, look, <laughs> there's a few things that we can probably discuss with regards to Red Bull and, and the FIA. But, you know, it for, for me, you know, let's go racing when we can. Okay, if you need to stop the race because it's, you know, visibility is so poor or it's too wet, fine, stop the race. But at, at, a, track, the race yeah, at a track like Monaco, I think I tweeted out, like, rain is the only thing that makes Monaco worthwhile. And we had it at the most perfect time. And then they said, you know what? Actually, don't worry, babes, chill. You know, make sure you've got the right tyres. Make sure you're fully prepared. Charles can go look at his little iPad. Look at all the look at all the, the wet weather that it was those perfect conditions where like nobody's sure what tires to be on. Like yeah. it's the perfect amount of rain. Yeah. It's like too much rain and then everybody knows to be on the wet. Yeah, exactly. We would have had to like yeah. medium rain, everybody knows but like it was the perfect amount where like ooh, like and there was like a time crunch to make the decision. Yeah. But like that's what the sport is about, like being able to like adjust as you go along. And like whoever's making the best decisions is winning the race, as we saw yes. yesterday with the winner and the number two in the race. Yes. Like you have to make the best decision as the time comes. And if you don't, you suffer the consequences. I don't understand why the race director will be pandering and be waiting for everybody to make the right decision. It makes no absolutely no sense. It's weird because you know, they were these race directors were brought in and it was supposed to be like, yeah. You know, we're going to follow the rules down to a T. We're going to be super, super decisive, this, that, and the other. And, you know, what we had yesterday was a bit of indecisiveness, to be honest. But then I'm hearing rumours that the start procedure light was broken or whatever, like, and, and it's just like, it sounds like excuses. Like, you know, were... It sounds like excuses. You were pissed. everything was working for F2, like, and it's not like anything crazy happened in that race. Like, no, a couple yeah. safety cars, usual for F2, like... I just think they're trying to cover their asses because they already know, like, there's a spotlight on them to make the right decision. And this whole two-race director shenanigans is not helping anything. It is not why you having two different race directors because that means two different choices, two different ways of interpreting the rules. And, like, that was already the problem with, I think, the current stewarding system we have is that there's different stewards at every race. So different ways of interpreting different offenses. And, like, they go, like, and do the same thing with the rest. Yeah. Honestly, the sport is a mess. And it's it an absolute mess. It, it, if it wasn't for Lewis. Well, you know, we okay. look at... Moving into the race proper, I guess. Okay, yeah, sure. like, oh, sorry, were you going to say No, something? no, I was just saying, no, you look at, you look at, you know, uh, again, I just, I think of it from like new fans joining in and just witnessing that absolute shit show at the beginning and, you know, hopefully some of them weren't there for spa but you know it's just what are we doing here like are we here to go racing or are we here to have a procession and are we supposed to be having the 20 best drivers on the grid who are supposed to be able to battle cha- well 18 1870 you know um <laughs> but uh you know are are we supposed to uh, allow these guys to show their skills and to show that they can go around this very challenging circuit in changeable conditions. Can the teams work together to make sure that their driver is best equipped for these changeable conditions? And what we get is them forcing a procession on me for, for two hours. And I'm just like, yeah, thank God for Carlos Sainz and, uh, and his strategy, to be honest, because... 
honest thank god for him because it's not yeah. even the team like as yeah. we will get into later like it was all him but getting to the race before the race even started latifi pulled a latifi <laughs> i don't think there's much to say about that latifi and i think Vettel both uh, I think it was on just, their lonesome. Yeah, it was a stroll. Yeah, it was a stroll. You know, I'm very sensitive about well. going a bit old, uh after. Oh, oi. Hey, this is the wrong place for you. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm still yeah, fans. still recovering. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, big up all the Vettel fans. You're great. Fan. You're great fans. Nah. Love you. <laughs> they already know we have a guest person on. I've never said a good thing about Vettel on this podcast in my life. <laughs> So, but no, Latifi pulled a Latifi, yeah. and yeah, it was stroll actually. Yeah. Now I remember because they had to pit at the end of lap one. Yeah. I remember this. <laughs> but um, to be honest, nothing much really happened in the beginning of the race. I guess people were stuck behind people. Gasly, obviously, though, did go for like the he pitted for Inters immediately. Yeah, and that was a good trip. Like honestly, I don't remember what happened. Yeah, Gasly. I think I tweeted out. I think I tweeted out that God for for Gasly at one point because if it wasn't for him basically coming through the field uh, again we're into the procession you know it was one by one through that circuit but um yeah it was interesting because Gasly and Alfa obviously made that decision pretty early uh, and then it was very clear that that was the way to go the right at that yeah. point but it was obvious to me it was like either you do it straight away or you're gonna have to wait to go on to drives um you know that was that and like I Roy and I usually wait to discuss Mercedes till the end, so I yeah. will go to other people and the yeah. nonsense. But what exactly went down with Ferrari? Like I was so confused. Like they were all of a sudden just from P one to P, and then like it was like carnage was ongoing. Yeah, at the pit stops in their like race race wall whatever like. Do you know what they I think? reminded me of Ferrari of old. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a. It was. For give one, me flashbacks. Yeah. You know, I was getting. But this is the thing. Ferrari. They've always had this in them. Like they're they're they, they are, for want of a better word, scatty as fuck. Like and for me, I think that they thought. Um, they did not believe Carlos Sainz when he said, we have to go on to drives here. They didn't believe mm-hmm. him. So they brought Leclerc in on intermediates because obviously they had to cover off other people. But it got proven pretty soon after that. Straight away. That, yeah. that they had to go straight to drives. And then they do that. <laughs> like, I think Leclerc was only out on those inters for, I think, two laps, yeah, maybe? Yeah. Three? And then they brought like, him in pretty, like, immediately. Yeah. It was obvious that drives were the right choice. For me, even before that, it was obvious. It was obvious. The drives were the right choice. But like obviously, I'm as they always say, like it's easy when you're watching behind from behind the screen and there's no <laughs> adrenaline or pressure. But I'm like, for me, honestly, I understand maybe a little in defense of Ferrari why they while they why they decided to make that choice with Charles. Because he's leading the race yeah. pretty comfortably. Yeah. And you don't want to gamble. Mm. Do the wrong thing, bottle the race win, and then end up suffering. Yeah. And the people they were in competition against have done this exact thing. And honestly, we we saw Mercedes do this a lot when they had a dominant car. They would never risk anything. Like, yeah, as long as the people behind, like right behind them, so Ferrari or Red Bull, were going on this strategy, whether that was the right strategy, the wrong strategy, 
Mercedes never put any thought in it. James' consonants will just go exactly the same way yeah. that the, the arrivals are going and just stay safe. And I think it's understandable when you're the one in the lead. Yes. I mean, look, look at, um, look at Lando in, uh, in Russia last year. You know, how McLaren kind of bottled a decision to... <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so I can't think of that race without laughing. I can't think of that race without laughing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're making me. But yeah, Lando, <laughs> Russia. So... <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> okay. We have been <clears throat> Land or Russia. <laughs> but a team is out front. They are laughing. I've stopped laughing. You're the one who's okay. laughing. <laughs> okay. That a team might uh, be reticent to bring their car in from the from the lead and, and to do a, a daring strategy, right? When, you know, you want to hold on to what you've got rather than risk what you've got. So it's understandable, but, you know, for me, the they're damned if they're doing, they're damned if, they're, if they didn't. I think in Charles's case, you know, if they, they bring him yeah. in um, and then put him on slicks and then, you know, he puts it in the wall, then, you know, then what? Um, but at least then that's on him and he knows that. Yeah, for sure. Because if you if you don't manage to keep it on track as a driver, I think no matter maybe your, your team has put you on the strategy or whatever, it, it will always be like like 60, 70% your fault. Yeah. And at least then like he wouldn't be there shouting on them and giving them dirty looks. Yeah, I think on the radio. Obviously, let my thing was why did they then decide to put him on the same lap? Yeah, the double stack and the fact that they told that him that did to... not make yeah. any sense it's, well, that made zero sense they to told me. him to come in because i think he would have been able to keep his position if he had just pit, pit on the next lap or at least like been like two or three yeah. but he ended up just like well <laughs> the the overcut was was very powerful and I, every year we go to monaco and people forget that it's not undercut it's overcut but okay sorry okay i have this problem and like we might as well talk about Mercedes now because okay. they did not learn their lesson from last year with the overcut. They, they tried the over- undercut last year and Lewis got fucked and got yeah. overtaken by like two people. Yeah. I think Vettel and one other person yeah. after being stuck. Uh, and then this year, like they did the exact same thing. They did the exact same thing. They put before Alonso. I'm like, <sighs> then if you're going to do that, then at least gamble on strategy. Yeah. There is no reason why they pit, why they should have pit for Inters. Like Look, it made no logical was, sense to me. It was no man's land. Like they, they didn't do and this is what they do all the time. It's like they 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 get stuck between a rock and a hard place and then they just don't do anything. And they are paralyzed, I think, by by too much information and they're looking at computer screens. These men are computer man looking at a computer, looking at a computer. Sometimes you've got to bring your head up, you've got to look around, you've got to see what's around you, taking your surroundings and realize, okay, like either we're gonna for me, like I already knew that race was gonna go to shit strategy-wise. The moment before the race, the day before they were like, oh, this is gonna be a race of strategy. Then the day of the race when it started raining, Toto was kind of like, I don't know which he did a thing where he was like, oh yeah, they don't know what they're going to do strategy-wise. And I was like, oh, well, okay. that's... Consonant's going to screw it. 
And then before the race, you had Lewis on the radio calming them down. I was like, Oh, really? So like, so like y'all need like like this is now his job too. Like, and I talk a lot in this podcast about how like Lewis is operating like seven seven different jobs at this moment, like yeah. seven different jobs in this team. And like now you need him to be your therapist. Why is he not the one telling you to calm down? Like, yeah. bro, y'all should already be the one just telling him, don't worry, look. Like, and I, I don't want to be forward to say this, but clearly he has no confidence in them and their ability to act under pressure. I don't think he does. Because they should be the ones telling him, Lewis, calm down. We have this under control. Like, even if you don't, you have to project a semblance of control or else everything's going to go to shit. Which... Yeah. <clears throat> Did no it? surprises it did. it did it did and look like look we had toto we had toto partying on on paddock club for a bit before the race this guy probably had a couple of glasses of champagne <laughs> showing the babes he around he was just there vibing oh yeah monica I'm like baby. go be with susie bro I, I was looking on that balcony i was like that's susie bro. yeah where's, where's your wife is that um susie probably in the garage talking to lewis meanwhile yeah. he he's up there with bbl baddies right i mean look i don't blame him <laughs> Me too. I like some DBL berries. Okay, I'm I'm not I'm not averse to it. Okay? You're not married to Susie I'm not though. To, oh, well, this is true. This is very true. Um, but uh, for me, uh, yeah, look, Mercedes. But just going back to Ferrari, and I guess back to Mercedes and Ferrari, that incident where they called him into the pits and then told him to stay out again, very re- reminiscent of the. Bono, uh, come in, come in, and uh, in, 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 like, I'm pretty sure, wasn't that like, wasn't that Germany 2018? Germany 2018. Yeah, when, when Seb, lap 52, (laughs) lap 52. Oh man! Oh look, I'm, I'm, he has not been the same since that day, and I, Yo, he, I'm, he, he I'm, ain't never his soul, his soul left he's his body recovered. that day. As well as it's so joyful to see. No, it's gorgeous. But because and I've said this before again, pre that this man used to be a twat when he was winning, and now it's how he is sweeping the roads and picking up trash. Right. I think we'll forget his previous personality. I have not forgotten. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. I have not forgotten. <laughs> Picking up rubbish ain't even that big a deal, bro. Like, I, what? Exactly. Why, do I, why am I supposed to be impressed by a man picking up litter? Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're still bad in the car. Just because you think, like, doing like, it. I recycle all the time. You're, you're still bad at your main occupation. Yeah, like, I, I, I can't come into my job and not perform and then be like, well, I, you know, I, I, I'd be like, ooh, I, re- I reuse, reduce, recycle. You know I, mean? I made the teas the other day. So, surely that means, uh, you know, I'm a good team member. No one cares. Um, so Mercedes, Mercedes, yeah, rock and a hard place. They should have either pitted as soon as Gasly did, and they saw that the pace on the intermediates were great, and then and then do that. For me, if they were going to pit on inters, do it super early. Yeah, do it super early. But then they they waited. The track is pretty much dry. They pit him then, and then he's he comes out what behind Ocon, right? Uh, so he he comes up and then gets uh, he was doing lap times, yeah. caught up to Ocon, and then was stuck He's because stuck. Monaco. Yeah, exactly. and, <laughs> and, yeah, you can't time you... and time again. Look at George Russell; like that overcut worked so well for him. Yeah, it worked so well for him, which goes into my what what which doctor does George Russell visit? Because we need to analyze. We need mm. to know where he's paying for the juge which virgins is he sacrificing like yeah. how many is required a month yeah because bruh 
Yeah. This man is lucky just time and time again. It's, time uh, time. I said to a friend the other day, I was like, if this was medieval times, we'd be burning George at the stake. Because this guy yeah, is a you'd witch. be like, no, suspicions of witches. Like, if he's, or you drown him, and yeah, like, if yeah. he survives, it's, he's a witch. Twin bitch. If he doesn't survive, yeah. then yeah. Ooh, he was innocent, but sorry, yeah. he's gone. 100%. Because I, I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand what's going on. Like, someone, I posted on my Instagram, and someone was like, who's George? I was like, luckiest fucker in existence. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This guy. It makes no logical sense. And he's so nice about it as well. That's what's annoying. Like I want to hate him, but he's just so he's so respectful and nice about I it. I don't like him, but like I don't I don't have I don't have the blood to hate him again. Like yeah. I start like even before I never liked George, but like once he did that shit to Bottas at Imola, I was like, oh, he's a he's a I, I hate this man. <laughs> I hate this man. But he's so good at his public relations oh. job that I'm just like, oi. It's worked. Oi, like it's, it's worked on me. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes yeah, I Noticed how you just slowly got converted. I was right. like, bruh, I thought yeah. we were in this together. No, I got, you know what? Yes. But you know what? I was just saying. What I'm starting to see is that, like, maybe Valtteri wasn't that bad, and maybe Mercedes <laughs> can just only focus on one driver. Like, like, <laughs> maybe they can only put all their attention on one driver. Like, <laughs> you know what? Though it's actually mad because remember all the times like. Last year, when Bottas was like, I think we should do a two stop. They're like, oh, no, no, it's fine. And then he'd come mm. out the end of the race, like, I told you we should have done that two stop. And he used to get done over by strategy and the pit stops as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, Bottas always got done over by strategy. And yeah. we would just be like, hmm, if he wanted, he should have just out qualified Lewis, which obviously is a damn near impossible task. Yeah. That George is somehow lucky, I guess. I mean, this weekend was definitely luck, like with the qualifying, because Lewis was consistently like a couple of tens ahead yeah, of him yeah yeah and then obviously got done over by the, the <clears throat> man like perez who obviously knew what he was doing oh yeah because he has man. somehow got to... <laughs> no okay talk about red flag that red flag in quality what happens is like how science are you blind right like he, the waves yeah and then he got it. upset about how it's like it's like him he's like i and I'm like, hmm, reminds me of Sebastian and Albon used to do this thing in 2020, both of them, where they would spin on their own and then they'll be like, someone spun me. Yeah. I remember Albon did it at like Imola 2020 safety car restart. He spun on his own and then he went on the radio, science spun me. I was like, dude, we can clearly see like nobody touched you. You go to the back all on your own. Like in a 13 car race, you have somehow finished 13. This is you, this <laughs> you. Not you, yeah, like, it, don't blame science. You know what it is? Sometimes, like, sometimes you do something wrong, yeah, but to deflect attention, you'll just start raging at everyone else. So during, like, sometimes you like, Which, you'll, 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 it's K-Mag from last week all over again. This bro, man, he was just, bro. he was willing to die on that hill. You know, he was willing to die. Yeah, Which obviously is Georgia Imola last year, 2021, yeah, yeah. where he was just so upset. When he went and he pushed, I was like, oh, <laughs> "No, imagine, up, imagine that, bro." I was like, "That's white privilege. That's white privilege, right there and then." Bro, because the audacity could have killed a man. And then after the race, like he reiterated, he was like, "No, he's just scared of me because he knows I'm coming for that." So I was like, "George, oh, wow. the, the entitlement jumped out that day, didn't it?" Um, I uh, for me, no. uh, yeah, Carlos really just wanted to deflect from what was would have been another incident where he's he's messed up. 
Um, and he just, yeah, he just started raving about everything else other than the fact that he went to Yellow Flags, saw that there was going to be an accident and uh, and spun. So, yeah. But like, hmm. I don't really like Carlos, to be honest, yeah, because oh, why not? racist. Oh, yeah, of course. Racist. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that exactly. Whole. And like he's like, oh yeah, that that's expected. <laughs> yeah, just like that's expected. I don't really like him like that, but um he he I'm glad he was able to like make that strategy work. Yes. Because he had been on a run of stupid decisions on his part. Stupid. And then for me, it's the commentators going, science just needs a bit of luck. He's been so unlucky. And I'm like, yeah. But Lewis has two races and he's washed. Mm. But everybody else just needs luck. Mm. And I said they said the same about Gasly as well on commentary. They were like, he just needs a bit of luck. Well, it's incredible. So everybody needs luck except Lewis. Yeah. yeah, he just needs to magic the results out of the air. Well, look, if you ask Nico Rosberg, then uh, they're not even doing alternate setups. We're all being lied to. Nico Rosberg knows. Of course. Of course. Nico Rosberg's like, Toto is gaslighting you. I yeah. am the one who is right. <laughs> Me, who has not been affiliated with the team since 2017, I know the inner workings. I know what right. is currently going on, and I'm telling you. Lewis is a loser. Toto even <laughs> come out and said that it was Nico that was the toxic one. It wasn't even Hamwood. Like, I don't even like Everybody Michael. knows. And I try my best to defend Nico from that 2016 year sometimes because I'm like, obviously one person just can't be follow up on their own. And yeah. I'm sure. And we know Lewis can I mean, be a little bit those... cock. And back then, Lewis was in his very much light-skinned boy era. Oh, so was. I know... He done this stuff behind the scenes yeah. to piss off Nico. That's when Lewis started but to blossom everything a little bit. since Nico. Exactly, that is that is. Yeah. Uh, by 2018, he had fully sprung. That was when yeah. he shed that dirty ass haircut. Yeah, oh, God. What, that, that light skin boy haircut the, he had was not. He was still getting used to the to the uh, to the hair tra- transplant and the freedom. <laughs> freedom the freedom i think when he got that freedom when he went to mercedes he was like okay yes yeah and then he just went full-on light skin boy I was oh like, man no, when was a bl- can we go back to the receding hairline yeah that was a blonde hair that was like what that was after oh, that was 2017 yeah 2017 so 2018 that was when he started doing his fashion thing he was like yeah, yeah i'm gonna go blonde i'm like no take it back no, no. reverse rewind <laughs> But no, Nico Rosberg, fucking piece of shit. Like, he's a twat. Like, the way he's now, he wants to die on the hill of that elevator ride that they had, and he's making it seem like the elevator was stuck and they were together for, like, two hours. Bro, they didn't even Probably talk like in that elevator. Seconds. And he's like, yeah, I saw, Nick, I saw Nico today. You know, I was taking my kids to the swimming pool. Yeah, it's okay. You saw Lewis for like what five, ten seconds. Lewis hates you, bro. He probably had his headphones in. Yeah. Angela was probably there. Yeah. So why are you acting like y'all were divulging secrets to each other in the elevator? Bro, right? well, you saw how Lewis blanked him when he done the grid <laughs> walk. Lewis like, oh, fuck about Nico, honestly. Like that's my thing with Nico Rosberg. Yeah, like why have you not moved on? Your entire, I think with him and Jensen Button, obviously, the ident- entire identity revolves around beating Lewis. Yeah. And luckily for Nico, the year he beat Lewis is the World Championship year. But for Jensen, it's two different years. So now, like, him being Nico has over, him being Lewis has overtaken his World oh, Championship. Yeah. Because I swear he talks about that more than, like, winning two years. Obviously, he knows it's because luckiest World Drivers Champion in history. Well, obviously, before this one came along, but, yeah, this one is a terror saying, situation. Between between him and Nico, to be honest, um, in absolutely incredible luck to get the championships. But um, Jensen, the funniest thing is, like, he has a whole world championship, but they 
it's like Skybringer, like the only person to beat Lewis on points over the course. Hey, over three, oh, three seasons. I'm like, if you have to gather points over three seasons, like... That's not how this sport works. There's no aggregate scores, okay? It's one season and done. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is not Champions League two leg aggregate. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's... I swear it's 2-1 to Lewis in seasons. Anyway. It's 2-1 two, it's two, one to so, Lewis. Because of like the 2011 bad luck, yeah. obviously, well, it's like... Guess points total over three. That thing has never made sense to me. Like the first time I ever heard them say, because obviously JB only started doing the Sky Sports thing like two, three years ago. When yeah. they said it, I was like, what kind of odd stats is that? Like I've never, I've never heard this stat before. No, like, this is like the whole top five finishes with George thing. I, I, I never knew finishing in the top five <laughs> I mean, was such a big deal. Oh my god. Oh my god. Or like um, they compared him to Fanjo Shah at the beginning of the season. Where he was like led every session, like six sessions in a row. They were like FP one, FP two. I was like, Wait, we, when has this or that top two thing with Verstappen? Yeah. Literally, they would dig out any stat just to like Lewis, like because all the official real stats, like it's Sir Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> so at this point, like Sky and Sky, Sky reminds me of like CNN breaking news. They like to manufacture drama just to make it seem like something is happening. Oh yeah. It's like, <clears throat> Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. The anticipation. I'm like. Yeah. No, they. Oh, they are. They are. Really. They are taking a piss. Uh, they're absolutely taking a piss. Uh, and yeah. I'm not here for it. Not here. I'm not here for it. But at least we can see. Uh, but you know, they're brainwashing people. That's what they do. You know, and that they brainwash people, and then those people come on Twitter and start arguing with us and start pushing these stats back at us, and it's like. Like, how is this a stat? Like Twitter, yeah, is just—it's a social experiment, yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's a social experiment because when I see some things that people say, I'm like, like today, like obviously I don't know if you've like you've obviously been at work, but like today someone's come on Twitter and is like, oh my god, um, Red Bull, this, 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 something about how they've suffered this decision. Okay, no, look at it. It's like um. Right, it's possible Red Bull told Albon to do this shenanigans prior to the race. Oh, yeah. They knew at some point Leclerc would have to catch Albon. Not hard to figure out. I was like, hmm, not you making sense now that the tomfoolery is happening to your driver. <laughs> like, were we not telling oh. y'all shit was hard? Oh. Like, and then this guy had the audacity when I told him, he was like, oh, he's being attacked for presenting new ideas. I was like, right. new ideas? We've been saying this for over a year. And I said, he goes, should have never doubted you lot. Something fishy about that team. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? For a whole year, I've been... T- and this is someone I get along with. I'm like, for a whole year, I've been telling you Red Bull is fishy. You know what, though? And it's today you're telling me that, you know who, Tafosi deserves to suffer. You know what, though? If Max wasn't their opponent, I would be so behind Red Bull, but it's Max. So I am... Um, you know what it's like? Yeah. You know when you tell white people about, like bad things that happen to you as a bad person and they're, they're, they're listening they're, they're hearing but they're not listening okay. like it's going in like oh I'm so sorry that happened especially like with like something not obvious like profiling when you tell them that oh when you go to a store or something yeah, yeah, yeah. People, store, store people are following you yeah. and then but then like, and then when they see that wow how do you live with this yeah oh like, my friend got stopped by the police every day whilst I was in there and 
Oh, oh my God, the experience that I had. You imagine. Oh, now you've seen it. Now you understand. Oh, it happened to you. Now you can empathize. Prick. Um, So, yeah. Or is when men say things like, now that I have a daughter, I say, if I slap you. If I, I hate that phrase so much. Imagine if it was your daughter. Imagine if it was your daughter. I'm like, do you need to give birth to a whole ass child with a badge for you to that's, that's, know that sexual abuse is bad? Like, that's, that's, that's why what is it doing. taking this? That's what Ferrari fans are doing right now. Leclerc is their daughter. They're like, they're like, wow, can you imagine? And honestly, yeah, I feel like, obviously, we Lewis fans, we manifested this on them because we told them, like, ah, when Abu Dhabi was happening and everybody was silent, we're like, okay. Hey. It's gonna happen to you. And this is like one race and hey. they're already freaking out so bad. I'm like, Imagine, remember in Qatar where Gansley was in front of Verstappen and then he just went white. <laughs> Literally, someone tweeted was like, this is exactly like, don't Qatar happen and y'all were just blind. Right. Like, blind. No one cared until it happens to them. Remember Jeddah when Massey waited for Lewis to pit and then was like, oh, red flag, red flag. Right. Which obviously, we're going to talk about that happened again yesterday. Yeah. If you know it's a red flag... They, what are you waiting for? Honestly, and, uh, I, I, to be fair though, I thought, I was like, they've got a red flag it because um, the car just looks in pieces. And normally when you see something like that, you know. For like, me, it's not even the car. The marshals are just working on it while cars are still going, going around. And I get. And with drivers like Latifi, that's not safe anymore. Like before, you could say, okay, under safety car conditions. Nobody's gonna hit a marshal. And wasn't it? But wasn't the whole point driving. of uh, there was doing, it? Wasn't the whole point of uh, one of the protests about Abu Dhabi was that there were still marshals on track when they were mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. bringing the safety car in. So when they when they brought in the safety yeah. car, there were still marshals. So on track if, if we're acknowledging the fact that marshals being on track during the safety car period is is you know important, I just don't understand how. Um, the cars were allowed to go that close to the marshals. Obviously, look, those Monaco, Marsh- Monaco marshals are incredible. They cleared that car. Best marshals of the year. Uh, with the quickness, I could not believe it. Um, but No, they're always like that. Best marshals of the yeah. year, to be honest. But they, uh, that wall was always going to need repairing. Like, if, if, if you knew that the car was going to be cleared and then the wall would need repairing, just call the freaking red flag. Exactly. And I think, um, obviously, Brundle and Crofty, when they realized there wasn't going to be a red flag, they tried to justify it. And then they yeah. were like, oh, of course there's not going to be a red flag because after what happened in Jeddah, they fixed the thing and now it's an easy... Yeah. And then when they brought the red flag, they were like, of course they need a red... I'm like, yo, Man. these people are out here embarrassing The game. riding is insane. Talking... Insane, FIA. I'm like... Like, no. <laughs> like I saw, like I don't know. Do you watch the grid walk? Because I don't anymore. I, you know, I'm a like I'm last a, week's was the first one I caught in like a year, and then just ended up being oh lord. I well, not last week. The Miami, the Miami one. one. Oh, Miami, yeah, I mean the Miami one was. It was like the Texas one on steroids. It was awful. It was awful. It was awful. It was awful. Um, I did watch a grid walk. Um, <sighs> the problem is, devil's advocate. They need to brief celebrities about if, if, because, uh, yeah, basically. And they need to say, as part of the package that we have for our viewers, 
There's so that's on the teams because the teams bring. Yeah, exactly. But maybe the FIA and Formula One and the teams need to sit down. Like and the F, I think maybe FIA brief, FIA Formula One brief the teams. Yeah. Or Formula One. Yeah, or Formula One. Brief and then the teams, teams brief, brief yeah. whatever to say, like, celebrities they're bringing. You might be questioned. For me, you might be questioned. You know, whatever. You have to but speak. also, but if if someone doesn't get that information, if I'm just at a, a race. I don't know anything about Formula One. Someone's invited. My PR have told me come here or be good, whatever. Yeah, you. And then yeah, so, some old PR. white man comes up with a microphone in my face and is like, "Oh, my brother from Sky." Who doesn't probably doesn't know my name has and has confused me with someone of a similar coloring. Exactly. Like, let's be honest. Like, okay, and for me, it's not that like okay, they expect these celebrities to speak. I think that's ludicrous, but that's a fine expectation, mm. as you say, devil's advocate. That's a fine expectation, but for me, it's that. They only get pissed off at the black and brown-skinned women yeah, who don't speak. Yeah. Because there are a lot of white men that I've been watching from now on for years. Oh, Flat out the most famous ones. They ignore Martin Brando. No, they yeah. ignore him. It's not a new And phenomenon. his ego is not bruised. His ego is never uh, bruised until if it's Serena, if it's Venus, he, if it's Meg, and now Simone. Like, why is your... E- he just needs to take no for an answer and move on, but he makes it worse. He makes it so much worse. And it's like mine. And I think whoever's doing like the production for him yeah. and like talks in his ear about who the people are yeah. needs to do a better job. Oh, whoever is in his ear is, is making him look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Exactly. They're, they're, they're absolutely because he's getting... He's confusing about. Serena and Venus every single time they're both at a race, by the way. Like yeah. every single race where they both come, he confuses he is, them. Yeah, he, that basketball player he confused for Patrick Mahomes. The uh, who was it? And, oh, that I think that Patrick Mahomes mistake one was the most awkward because he so kept bad. going Patrick, 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 Patrick. And then when the guy he realized when he's oh when he was fucking someone and he was like, I don't know who you are. Who are yeah, you? Know who are, who are, I'm a TikTok sensation. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. But uh, it's, disrespect. I mean, nah, it's so I think he just needs to stick stick to the commentary box Look, and the trackside give stuff that, that he give does. Give that job to someone. He even said, "I don't like doing it." Give that job to mm-hmm. someone. You know, it was uh, very uh, interesting that he didn't do the oh. good walk in Spain, um, mm-hmm. but he he's doing it for was even in Spain actually. Um, but he's doing it for Monaco. You know, and I said this on Twitter like. Monaco, people love Monaco for the grits and glamour and celebrities and, you know, and it's all part and parcel of it. They love them celebrities, the white celebrities that go there, mm-hmm. but you know, people, when the people saw, and those celebrities know nothing about Formula 1, let's just make that clear, but when it's people like DJ Khaled and, you know, the Serena sisters and sorry, the Williams sisters and all of those other people, that's when they have a problem and you can see why that problem is. It's not because it's not about celebrities it's about their perception of who those celebrities are yeah because you know they're, 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 they're blackity black yeah and uh and at the end of the day <laughs> at the end of the day you know um that's something we have to fight against in the sport the whole time you know we're always fighting against uh, the perception of black and i think in, in, in also just all give that job to like a young yes that's what i was going to say yeah baby person yeah, yeah. give that job Give that to Tandy or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, just yes. Let everyone yes. put down. Do like, someone like that? Just find like they did that thing where they did the comp- Pirelli competition for someone to come commentate yeah. alongside 
um, during, I think it was practice. testing, maybe? Uh, testing, They yes. did that testing, and somebody, yeah. yeah, someone came and commented. They yeah. should do something like that. People sending clips of like interviewing family members or so, and do a cover and get someone fresh, get someone young. That yeah. is not a job that needs to be for Martin Brando no, and his aging body. And like, yeah. no. Because he's so, even with, even with the team members who already know him and he knows and they have a report, it's so awkward. Yeah. It's so awkward because he's there like chasing people. It's like, oh, maybe we can get a little Christian. Okay, um, not Christian because he's horny for the microphone. Yeah. It's like, he's like chasing people right. up and down. He, he, was, he was interviewing Alan Cross, four-time world drivers champion, legend of the sport. And then he goes, oh, oh, actually, sorry. I've got to, George, George, how are you leaving <laughs> Cross for TR63, bro? For one Honestly, oh, I, I fucking Ooh. love Alan Cross, by the way. I just, I'm just going to say, Cross over. You know what, Dave? Yeah. You know it's true. You know it's I'm true. Gonna... Exactly. Yeah. I'm always spreading cross prop. Don't worry about it. Um, okay, what else happened in the race? Also, actually, an interesting thing that did happen was Max ending up behind his teammate. And I was curious to see obviously how they would make it swap, but obviously they were unable. Yeah. They couldn't because there was a car between them. <laughs> I was curious to see, but obviously, like, no one was like, oh, they're going to pit Max first. But obviously, in this scenario, even if they did, the strategy wouldn't have worked, anyways. And yeah, so Perez jumped, I guess, Sainz. I don't actually remember Perez's strategy. Perez. I just somehow saw him in the lead. Perez went straight to Dries. Um, did he as well? Uh, did Verstappen. Oh, and then he yeah. was gaining like five seconds yeah. a lap or something yeah. ludicrous like that on science. Yeah. Yes, I he remember. Did it, he did it after science because science, oh, science came out yeah. behind someone as well. And then his, yeah. his warm up on his tires wasn't good. So, awful. yeah, so he lost out on the undercut, overcut. And I think essentially because of the time Leclerc spent in the pits, um, he ended up falling from essentially I don't know if he was even in first at that point I think he was third but then yeah he fell from third to fourth so they really messed up his strategy man if he just stayed on in his and then the race went to red flag he could have changed his tyres in the pits as well that's that's the mad thing yes like like, uh, it it was uh, yeah they really messed up his strategy man um but it was a good job for like um on um thingy on Perez. Look, that. Let me tell you now. Red Bull. I don't like Perez, but I don't yeah. like Red Bull. I, I I've got a soft spot for Checo, but yeah, um uh, Red Bull are the best team in Formula One at the moment. Like Merck Admin can steal as many of our memes as he wants. Like he it doesn't i'm not talking about social media i'm talking yeah, about yeah i as think right team. now like combination of strategy pit stops yeah. everything that requires having a successful race weekend yeah they have they have the mixture right yeah so yeah. like it's possible maybe ferrari sometimes has a better car which um, i would argue not i think red bull currently have the fastest car in most conditions yeah but um um they have the perfect like combo and mix of everything just working their pit stops out they had like a 2.3 second pit stop yeah this weekend which like with these new tires is like whew, just amazing yeah and like if they weren't red bull if they weren't red bull it's just what i have to say because but that's the level that mercedes have to try and reach 
But I think the seven or eight titles has kind of masked areas which need improvement and you know, pit stops pit, have always been one and strategy and those two things have always been an issue even and i've said this even when we were like mercedes strategy team james consonants in particular or as you like to call him Nyasha, <laughs> james aeiou is surviving purely on Spain, um, Hungary 2019 yeah, and Spain, Spain 2021. It was the same strategy. Call. Like in my head, exactly, it was the same strategy call, and it was even not James, it was somebody else yeah, who made junior. it the second time and was like, yeah. We have to do this, yeah. we have to do this. And they are basically surviving on those two strategies. And like in my memory, I can't even remember what other race we've made a star strategic masterclass because usually. We're either like winning and super ahead, or like the conditions don't fit our car. Yeah, and I'm trying. We have a bad race, like back when we were winning. I'm trying to think. Germany 2018, although they were they were team orders at the end, so in theory, Valtteri would have overtaken Lewis on fresh. But would he have though? Because well, he tried immediately he before the team orders came yeah. and he wasn't able to. Yeah, yeah. And then after they said, and for me, I'm convinced that race Lewis would have, Lewis would have still won. Because yeah. once Lewis got his tires warm, mm. I don't think Valtteri would have been able to. But in theory, and they have, okay, yes. When it comes to team orders, they have made oh, no, for sure. um, some good choices yeah. sometimes. I remember there was a year, I don't remember, I want to say it was a Sochi race or a back race maybe. And like they let Lewis ahead of Valtteri to hunt someone down. And when Lewis wasn't able to, I remember just before like the last turn, like they switched places. Uh, hungry. Valtteri got back his position. Hungry. Yeah, okay. uh, I can't remember which one, but yeah, hungry. Um, yeah. So like I think in terms of team orders, usually they make a good choice of knowing when the two drivers need to switch places. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> That's fine, but yeah, I, I a lot of the time the strategy works when they do strategy calls because Lewis Hamilton is able to drive around it. Monaco twenty nineteen, for example. So uh, or twenty. Yeah, I rewatched that race this weekend, and I was like, how, how is it? Because it, it happened on like lap lap seventeen, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And I'm like, how on lap seventeen? <laughs> At Monaco, where you obviously know everybody's going to try one stop because overthinking is not a thing. Are you putting somebody on medium time? Like, how did your brain even go there? Like, what exactly did you... How did he come to that logical conclusion? Like, there's some that... Okay, there's sometimes, like, on a wet race or, like, mostly, like, when it's changing strategy. Like, last year, Hungary. Mm. Why? Like, obviously, you be like where he started alone like i understood their choices where they were like oh obviously they they were in the lead and like someone could have stayed out after seeing them go in but i'm like with the pace you had you would have lost less time and you would have easily won that race yeah and um i mean between lewis and the pit wall there is a fundamental lack of trust. And um, I think... And it goes one way. Goes, like, Lewis doesn't trust the pit Yeah, wall. for sure. Because the pit wall will pretty much give Lewis any strategy and hope and pray yeah. that he does it. But, because they know it is 
well within his ability to do most things. Well, look, and that was working fine when the car was, well, the, car was good. the fastest or the yeah. second fastest in like 2018, 17 and last year. But now that the car is like what? On a best day third, but mostly like fourth, fourth. fastest yeah. to be honest. Because yes, that Alfa Romeo, when it gets its shit together, is speedy. And overrates the well. Alpine is super fast. And Norris. Norris, yeah. No. <laughs> Do you know, not, not Daniel Ricciardo? No? No? Don't get me started. That man needs to retire. Actually, talk about Daniel Ricciardo. We can move on to McLaren and the weekend they had. How did you rate Norris's performance? Because he was kind of no man's land for a bit. Yeah. For most of it. Um, look, I think he's still under the weather. He, his, he's got the complexion of a bad cup of tea at the moment. Um, uh, he looks like death is knocking violently on his door. Um, literally what I said last week. I literally said this. Death is knocking on your door. Right, yes, uh, you're still beating your teammate. He, yeah, and he's still beating. And look, really solid race. He, I think, you know, George George managed to get ahead of him in the pit stops. Well done. But Lando Norris is, again, look, they're starting to talk about Ricardo now, and it's a long overdue. Now that they're saying the quiet part out loud, yeah, and that's when you know people are making articles that's saying you know. he's going to retire at the end of this season. I think he's going to retire. I watched uh, the GQ video of him. Uh, it was GQ. Is it things I can't live without? Or, oh no, he was answering questions, and it's like, oh. Um, I don't like Daniel Ricciardo talking about retiring. He's like, oh, it's nice to read messages like this. Um, you know, uh, I love the sport. And so obviously, yeah, it makes me think more about it. Uh, but yeah, it's nice. And I was like, wow. It's not even like you're saying, I'm definitely not going to retire. That's bullshit. Yeah. Don't worry. Like he's, I think, I, the spark has gone. I don't, I don't think he lasts this season. I think he's never replaced if midway. he doesn't get it together, I think winter break. Especially if their choice is like an indie car driver, they need to do it. Not winter break, sorry, summer break. Yeah. Especially if they're trying to put in an indie car driver, they need to give him the latter half of the season to get used to driving a Formula One car, and then start fresh next year. But if they're trying to put another F one driver, then they wait till the end of the year. But if they're trying to put in an indie car driver, and honestly, McLaren haven't been ruthless enough the last couple of years, but we're starting to see like. The McLaren we remember from yeah, I mean, when Lewis exactly. was there. But the thing is, what Zach Brown said wasn't even that bad. It was it was very matter of and fact. Like, <laughs> people were writing at like think pieces. And I was like, at this point, Ricardo already knows he's shit. Yeah, like <laughs> this man is already building his retirement home in Texas. There's right. nowhere like he doesn't have his like, he already has his like manager probably sniffing oh, and man. checking for like, his yeah, next yeah. career opportunity yeah. like there's no way he thinks this is his long-term plan anymore he's going to america and he's going to he he's going to build his brand NASCAR. in america nascar nascar, NASCAR indycar whatever whatever second grade because nascar is the kind of place where like he doesn't have to win to have the hype like yeah. he, i think daniel ricardo has the energy for nascar as well like they're just like, absolutely wild crazy behavior republican <laughs> redneck energy like yeah. i think no one reads the news in nascar good. he'll fit in really well exactly mm. or they when they read news they read the fake one yeah 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 but, but no i think nascar is perfect for daniel ricardo 
I think his performance this weekend was lackluster, to say the least. Embarrassing, to say the most. <sighs> it's, it's a real shame. Like... He, At least his helmet this week didn't say we run these streets because I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna choke well, myself if it did. Well, you know, anything he's running is away from a fight with Lando. To be honest, that's that's the only thing he's. Running. But no, okay, so like I don't like Lando Norris as a person, but yeah. I think he's shown himself to be consistently he is. beating Daniel Ricardo and maybe having like. Two bad weekends for every like seven races, which I think is an okay. And even in the bad weekends, he somehow manages to still be Dano Ricardo. So obviously, a lot of that has to do with Dano Ricardo's incompetence. But at the end of the day, as a racing driver, you can only beat your teammate. Like everybody else is a bonus. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I think Lando is. I think it's great. I think he's. Probably just under George and Charles um, when I'm talking about the top drivers after Max and Lewis. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think, I think he's, yeah, I think he's doing a great job. Uh, It'll be interesting. I think if the IndyCar driver comes in next season, he's going to handsomely beat them as well. So yeah, but if they bring, it will be interesting for me. I would really like to see him against another Formula One driver. Yeah. I think that would be a good play, good way, especially one we already know. It would yeah. be a good way to rate. It'd be good if, like, I think if, like, Gasly would be him against, like, someone like Gasly. I mean, look, our, our minds. Great minds. Our minds. Yes. If, if Gasly went into that team, bold prediction here, but I think it would really show, like, levels. It would really show, like, Gasly's talent level and I don't think as someone who likes Gasly as a person I don't think it's going to be favourable towards Gasly. I don't, I don't no, I don't, I don't at all. I think, I think Norris will embarrass Gasly and people will finally understand why a Red Bull has to let Gasly and I'm a Gasly fan, Yeah, like I like him, but I do think his performances are not as great as the thing is, people make them with see. Formula 1 it's all about seizing the moment and the opportunity and 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 the momentum. And he did, and, and he, which Norris has not been able to. Yeah, but also, which I guess is the thing. Well, also, it's kind of peaked. Like he had a really good last season. He had the race wins the season before, and now it's kind of going on a downward trajectory in terms of hype. And there's going to be more hyped drivers, I guess. If more people start doing well, and you know, Yuki's out qualified in three times last four races. I know there's luck involved there, but he's got, I think, uh, beating him in races as well. So, you know, he needs to just make sure that he beats Yuki this season, solidify that kind of those good results. Like, we all knew kind of like Yuki was going to start coming into his own this year. Like, we all knew that. Like, we all knew like last year wasn't like the, the height of Yuki's talent. But, like, for me to say something, I don't think Gasly had a really good 2021 season. I think his qualifying performances yeah. were amazing. And then everything just went, you know, yeah. downhill from there. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> um, I was going to discuss the race direction. Did you know how Magnussen and Albon retired? No. Was that something you noticed when it happened? <laughs> I saw Magnussen out of the car. And I was like, hang about. Yeah, and I was like, is this a clip like, from earlier? Like, I was so confused. I was like, did he crash? <laughs> I was like, is that, is that the house that crashed? Is he already out of the car? Uh, but no, it was, yeah, I, I, I had no clue. 
that they that they had retired. I had absolutely no clue. How did they retire? I still don't know. Monaco's race direction is awful because it was the same thing last year as well. Yeah, yeah. Like... The strong incident. The, uh, they, uh, <laughs> they, they run their own... That's the thing with Monaco. They do everything themselves. Um, so they've just got a director that just... He loves just cutting. He thinks... You ever seen the Truman Show? The film? He thinks these... He just cuts away. Just he's always cutting film. away. He like, always cutting away. The man away. in the sky just... And it gives me a headache, to be honest. It's not great. Anyways, Latifi still slapped Albon before Albon ended up retiring. Latifi was ahead of him, even though Latifi had done an extra pit stop. But... Yeah. Did you see um, Albon got 16 blue flags? Okay, that's what I wanted to move on to. That's Perea, yes. Um like, I feel like on top of what he's earning from Williams, Red Bull have to be paying him extra. Like, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if I. It's three, by the way. It's yeah, three. If I go through. And then the fourth one, you get penalized. Yeah. Like, if I go through a red light as a driver, like, I could get punished for that. Imagine going through like 16. 16 in a row, like just ignoring the rules of the road for 16. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I just so, but I can't race with a a nose stud. But what I can do is ignore 16 blue plaques without constantly. Let's not even get started on jewelry. Oh my god. Um, yeah, no, that was just really stupid. Also, Alonso, obviously, clearly, I don't even want to get into that. Obviously, Alpine were both shitting themselves because I don't know what Ocon was doing. He's I usually run Esteban propaganda on this oh, podcast. Nice. Whenever yeah. I mention it on our podcast, I just get like shouted down. No, I'm always out here screaming like Esti Bestie. Man, Alonso wrecked this weekend. Alonso's pace. Was... Alonso wrecked Ocon's race, by the way. Yeah. So like, I'm like convinced like this man does. I always said he never liked Ocon anyway. He was always yeah, faking it. He doesn't. So. Like, we really saw it this weekend. Yeah, Ocon like went into Lewis and then was like, "Oh my god, he hit me!" Like, <laughs> I think that was you turning. I feel like everybody him. always does down when they get hit. Yeah. Everybody when they contact like he hit me, so like I'm gonna let it go for this time. Mm. But can I ask you a question? Yes. We uh, we kind of glossed over it, but. What do you think is possible for Lewis and Mercedes this season? I thought, because Ro was absent, I wouldn't have to answer that. Um, <laughs> Lewis and Mercedes. Yeah. So Mercedes, I think, will get P3 in the constructors. Mm. Comfortably, I think, by the end of the season. Yeah. Maybe P2 if, like, something goes stupidly wrong along the way. Because, like, I don't think maybe we can expect both teams to maintain this level of consistency over the entire year so maybe p2 yeah i think lewis can get a race win this year the bar is no i just it's, it's two, just so sad 2009 so it reminds bad. me so much of 2009 like that is what we're getting this year because 2012 was unreliable but at least yeah, there was pace quick. when the car was reliable yeah this year is just like 2009 2011 vibes stupidly slow car yeah we're unlucky as well on top of it. Like, yeah. I think, and even the thinking he can get a race win, to be honest, for me, it's optimism because I don't want the streak to end. It's not like yeah. confidence in the ability of the car and the pit wall. So, yeah. do you, what do you think is possible for them? The fact that they couldn't deal with a bumpy road this weekend is quite worrying. 
Um, Baku is not the smoothest race surface. Um, so uh, hopefully that's not an issue, but uh, I don't know, it's sad. I'm just a bit sad. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I feel like don't have that it's many yeah, don't have that many years of Lewis left. So uh what the fact that we're I'm the same as you, like I, you know, I, I want him to get one win at least. Um I really thought the Barcelona upgrades would have were the sign of something good. I think we're going to have to see after we've got back here and then what's after back in France, maybe, I think. France? Um, Which is like my second worst yeah. track. Although it was a good race last year, but Mercedes fucks that strategy. Fuck it. Oh, stops. don't remind me. Um, don't remind me. Probably the race I was most pissed off about other than I've done. They got undercut by like five seconds, like five, six. Bro, they kept him this. out for two laps. Like, why? <laughs> why? Just bring him in. Idiots. Um, so they... Um, yeah, I just think we'll see. Hopefully, we'll have an idea of where the car shakes out after a few races with the upgrade package. But no, yeah, the same. I just want him to get a win. And you know what? I just want him to have like a good race with no bad luck and for him to be able to show his pace. I think like it's just been a ridiculous run of fortune with, with everything that's gone on. Sorry, since Jeddah last year, like decisions of like, consecutively every single race something goes wrong yeah it's like crazy. <laughs> every single race it's crazy like, i just understand what's going on so it's, it's, it's depressing it's sad yeah. anyways before we end this we usually do a whole star of the day bomb of the day so who do you think had the best performance yesterday or who do you think impressed you the most oh i'm gonna go with carlos sykes no actually no i'm gonna go with Sergio Perez. I don't know what I said it uh, Okay, I'll go Carlos. Yeah, okay, because cool. Ren, I usually like to do different. Okay, so cool. I'll go Carlos Sainz just because he chose his own strategy yeah. and it worked for him. And he was very confident about it. And he like he did not back, he did not like he did not back down. Yeah. He he was very much okay. Bomb of the day. What do you think? Fucked it worse. It's gotta be Ferrari. Ferrari. Just as a team. <laughs> just the whole team. Right. Honestly. Mine's Vettel, and I don't know why because I don't remember what he did in the race. But I'm somehow picking Vettel. Like I don't even know where he finished in the race. Wow. Like they're gonna. I'm still picking Vettel. They're gonna clip this next time I piss them off, and they're gonna be like, "Look what they did! They don't even know." Fine, they, they, it's fine. They they don't. I'm not important enough for them to listen to my podcast. <laughs> no. I have no clue what's going on here. No, it's fine. No, and I'm glad for that. Yeah. I'm glad for that. <laughs> I, I I will let you be the famous one. Okay. Do you have any predictions for Baku next two weeks? Race prediction. I'm going to go with Lewis Hamilton podium. Okay. So I always say Lewis Hamilton will win until he wins. So <laughs> okay. Like okay. I have been predicting that. Let me think of something else then. Um, uh, Who do you think will be on pole? Charles Leclerc. Okay. No, you know what? You can take Lewis Hamilton podium. George DNF. That's my prediction. Lord willing. I'm manifesting it. <laughs> George DNF. That's my prediction. Okay. Um, we're going to wrap it up there, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Mm. And yeah, thank you for joining us. Thank you to Nyasha Hi. for um, being with me in the episode. I will, I will put all of Nyasha's details in the episode description so you mm. can find it below. Thank you so much, everybody. Bye, darlings. <laughs>